0: Hello listener, this episode of The Second Tier is sponsored by Boot and Ball. They make artwork inspired by the world of sport. They've got over 350 designs, 60 of which are for different football teams including the likes of Reading, Derby, Blackburn, QPR, you get the idea. All their artwork is available via print, framed print or canvas, and because you're a listener of this superb podcast, you can get 15% off using the code SECOND TIER. That's one word all in capitals. Why not Avaganda and see if anything takes your fancy? Go to bootandballprints.com right now. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Second Tier Podcast. I'm Ryan Zilks and I'm joined by the Good Friday to my Easter Sunday. It's Justin Peach.
1: Both top tier bank holiday weekends.
0: I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that, Justin. I love the Easter weekend. cures causes a bit of havoc in the old championship schedule because I completely forgot there are games on Fridays uh, and then also the games on Mondays as well so um, we'll get onto that a bit later on well right at the end of the show and we'll give you an update listener on uh, when we're actually going to be doing shows this weekend because we've had to change around our fixture schedule per se. Uh, Justin you all right? I'm tip top. it's it's uh,
1: well the start of summer am I right it's 20 odd degrees it's perfect.
0: Yeah you Can't say help. that but uh, I think temperatures <laughs> are about to drop dramatically over the next few days but we'll enjoy the nice weather while we can you are of course listening to the biggest championship specific podcast the second tier thank you for joining us wherever you are of course haven't been any games in midweek because it is the international break so instead we're going to be looking ahead to the games coming up on this good friday we'll also have a chat about some of the news that's happened over the past few days as well now justin It is that time of year where we're entering the business end of the season. We might have thought it was already here. It might have started already. But I can confirm officially a second tier exclusive. The business end of the season is here, ladies and gentlemen. It's that time of the season where it's all to play for. Draws are as good as losses. And results of other teams are just as important as your own. Me and Justin, the second tier boys. We're here to go through it all with you over the next two months. Justin, are you excited?
1: I can't wait. Like it, it generally is a really exciting period because for a lot of teams, I know it's easy to say it doesn't matter what happens before this last run of games. But I mean, it does because it it's your league position. It affects your league position. But you can almost forget, from a neutral perspective, what happened before. It's all about the next the next run of games.
0: It is. And before we start, I'd like to give a shout out to the fans of teams who have nothing to play for for the next month and a bit. I'm looking at you, Millwall, Stoke, QPR, Luton, Bristol City, Blackburn. You guys are the real heroes. You get to sit back and relax, watch the tears and enjoyments, knowing it has absolutely nothing to do with you. And even better news for you lot, it means you'll be joining us again next season. Here's to another year of the second tier. We look forward to seeing you then. Um, Justin... Let's kick off Good Friday with, well, actually, there's quite a few big games, isn't there? But there's one game in particular which really stands out as the blockbuster, the knee-slapper of Good Friday, and that is Barnsley v. Reading, 5th versus 6th. In terms of the playoffs, games don't get any bigger than that, do they?
1: They don't, and when you consider the fortunes of both sides... When they, when they first played, Reading won the reverse fixture 2-0. For, as I say, fortunes were entirely different. Reading are in the process of a ridiculously good start to the campaign and Barnsley were languishing in the bottom three. Winless, Struber had left. Now look at them, both in the top six. Reading seems to be faltering a little bit and Barnsley seem a little bit unstoppable. Um, so yeah, it's, it is a humdinger of a game and um, it's going to add a lot of spice to... It's going to make a good Friday a great Friday.
0: how long were you waiting to use that it took you three minutes to use it fantastic (laughs) yeah it is a good point actually that that you made there because they were at parallel at different ends of the scale weren't they Reading were looking at automatic promotion at the time it was was quite early in the season to be fair Um, but what odds would you have got on uh, Barnsley to finish uh, or to be above them at this point in the season now it's crazy really but now, this is the definition of a six pointer. A win would mean so much for either side. For Barnsley, you'd say their playoff place would be about just about secure, while for Reading, they'd go above Barnsley and keep the likes of Bournemouth and Cardiff at arm's length. Interesting. Interestingly, Bournemouth and Cardiff are both playing beforehand. So both teams, particularly Reading, will be aware of how crucial a result from this game would be. Do you think that will play a part in how either side goes towards this game?
1: I think so. You think how fearless Barnsley have played all season. They've they've kept up their style of play no matter who they've played. Whereas Reading are a little bit more adaptable. They probably perhaps play to um, other teams' strengths and adapt in that in that way at times. And in them being so adaptable, they might also be impacted by a little bit of pressure as well. So I think it could it could have an impact. Um, this is this is this is why this game's so big because it's going to be a test of not only their ability going into the next sort of run of games, but also the the capability of handling handling the pressure of potentially dropping out of the playoffs, for example.
0: I think as well if Bournemouth and Cardiff because they've both got winnable games. If those two both win, then both sides will be heading into this game thinking, right, we have really got to get three points on the board here. Um, and if the alternative happens where Bournemouth and Cardiff don't win, then they might think to themselves, okay, there's not as much pressure on us to win now. And um, they'll obviously still be keen to get three points because it's one of their main uh, playoff rivals. Um but before the most recent round of results, Justin, you'd have said Barnsley were clear favourites going into this game just because of the form of the two sides, but Barnsley losing to Wednesday just over a week ago. It's thrown a few question marks out there, hasn't it?
1: Definitely puts a spanner in the works. That was a, a big game that they lost, obviously, to local rivals. The way that they, they lost it as well, um, it wasn't it wasn't the, the, the best um, defeat if there's a best defeat, there can be. They weren't wasn't a good of the races. No, they weren't at the races. Um, is essentially what I'm trying to get at? But, but I think the positive thing is that Valerian Ishmael. You can almost say that he's not really had time to work on this team. How many, how many, how many weeks have there been between games for Barnsley since he's come in? I doubt there's been many, if any. So he's had two weeks to work with his players on a style of play. Um, so it's almost not, I will not necessarily a reset button but it's a chance to go again um, and that's going to be a cliche that I'm probably going to say a lot over the next few days as we get episodes out because for a lot of teams this, this run of games that we've got now is an opportunity to just start again and go afresh and build up some consistency
0: I think Bodsley are also a side who are desperate for their players to have a rest aren't they because we all know how much they love to exactly. press players are going to be knackered if they keep doing it week in week out so this international break has come at a good time even though a number of players for Barnsley and well plenty of other championship clubs um, have been called up to their national sides haven't they so not a rest for some players but managers may take that into account Um, another interesting aspect of this game is both sides have contrasting styles of play Reading like to play the ball around while Barnsley Pressing, direct, and quite often with Barnsley games, we see teams struggle to cope with the press. Resorts go in long ball, which is absolutely fine for Barnsley because that's what they want. So it'll be interesting to see whether Reading cope with that or not. But final question on this game, Justin. How much of Reading's playoff hopes are resting on the shoulders of Lucas Hsiao, who has, (laughs) we've mentioned plenty of times recently, hasn't been the same striker recently that we saw at the start of the season?
1: Yeah, it's, it's it's an interesting one. I don't think that it's necessarily resting on him entirely because, for starters, he needs a supply. So Elise, say John Swift, Azaria, you know, players like that. They they need to be on top form as well to make sure he's getting balls into his feet into the box. Um, but as well as that, as we know, he has been a little bit wasteful with his chances of late. So if, again, if he can build up some consistency going into his next few games. You know, once he gets going, he's a very difficult player to stop. And uh, as we as we know of our recent second tier meets episode, how important Lucas Shaw was to to Reading's hopes last season, and we show and it's showing again this season how important he is. Because if he doesn't score, Reading tend to struggle to score themselves.
0: I appreciate the plug there. That was good. No. Um, yeah, but Lucas Shaw one goal in 11 hours of football now, yeah. um, and he's had a fair few chances as well. It's not like he's been completely shrouded out and not had the ball at his feet very often so yeah Reading are desperate for him to get back into form it reminds me a bit of Lewis Graben from last season with Forrest because his form pretty much nosedived after a certain period and that kind of coincided with Forrest's form nosediving so Reading will be desperate that Lucas Zhao can get his scoring boots back on. Yaku Mese being back in the team, though, does help and kind of lifts the goal-scoring burden a bit on Zhao. Justin, let's move on to one of the other big games this weekend. That's Birmingham versus Swansea. Now, this game needs very little introduction. Both teams desperately in need of a good result here for very different reasons. How big a game is this for
1: both sides? I've probably got this as a, as a bigger game for either of these sides than possibly Barnsley and Reading because you've got Birmingham scrapping for the lives, you've got Swansea, again, their form has tailed a lot since their defeat to Huddersfield performances especially and results are starting to be impacted as well. Uh, I'm not saying they'll drop out of the playoffs, but to go into the playoffs on the back of a faltering you know performances, form, etc., it's never a good sign. Um, So they desperately need to get a run of games going, get a run of results going, and get back to keeping clean sheets and putting chances away, creating chances and putting them away.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're still not giving up hopes on the top two just yet. They've still got that very much in their sights. But you say at this moment in time, the playoffs is more likely for Swansea. And whatever the case, you don't want to be heading into the playoffs in bad form, as you quite rightly said. Uh, This game is also very interesting because it's Alan Tate versus John Terrell 2. Remember earlier in the season when Alan Tate choke slammed John Terrell to the ground? Are you looking forward to potentially more choke slams?
1: I mean, I don't condone violence, but if this is if this game's going to be nil nil, then uh, yeah, we'll have a bit of that too—a bit of a Royal Rumble to um, make it a bit interesting.
0: Someone choke slams someone—that's all we're asking for. <laughs> On the face of it, you would assume this would be a straightforward win for Swansea, wouldn't you? But based on what you were just saying about Swansea's form, that's not necessarily guaranteed, is it?
1: No, and considering in my international break knowledge, done a bit of research, Andre Ayew limped off for Ghana against South Africa. Mm. And I know Swansea fans argued against me saying this. That they, oh yeah, They're so reliant on Andre Ayew for their attacking, in their attacking sort of uh, play, essentially, because he holds the ball up, his, his movement is top draw and he helps players around him with his experience and his, his composure so him not being involved is an issue but on the other side of the coin Jamal Lowe scored for Jamaica against the USA so he's a player who's not scored um for I think 10 or 11 games before before the international break him getting a little bit of form is important so yeah there's there's a lot of emphasis on on Swansea but you know, players if players can step up to the to the plate, they'll get a result here. Yeah.
0: Well one of those players could be Whitaker, um, who joined Swansea in January and played in the South Wales derby just before the international break instead of Jamal Lowe. Um if Andre Ayu isn't available, we still don't yet know whether he is going to be or not, then it could be Whitaker and Lowe up front, but I don't know about you, I'm wouldn't be completely sold on that front two as a pairing. I feel like they're both they they're both someone who could use an experienced figure like AU up front with them.
1: True, but I think I mean Jamal Lowe's twenty six, he is relatively experienced, not necessarily at league level, as and not nowhere near as Andreo is, but I think that counts for something, and he has had a good season up until probably January. Um, and then Morgan Whitaker, for me, is a player who's who's got a very good future um, in in football. and he's looked ready, he's looked ready and very very good in the games that he has come in. He's been Swansea's best attacker, especially in their defeat against Bournemouth. He was very very good, um, and he was quite sharp against Cardiff as well. So, I think even if A.U. is missing, they've still got plenty of options up front to to grab a win, and we know how dodgy Birmingham's defence can be
0: that is well Birmingham's defence is definitely true but I'm not sure I'm as confident as you are about Swansea going forward I mean they've struggled massively recently even with Andre Ayou in the side going forwards but if you take him out as well and you're left with Lowen Whitaker up front um, then I really fear for Swansea I mean as we say top two is already looking in doubt at the moment you say the playoffs are more likely but um, but imagine if Andre Aou's not there for the playoffs as well, then they're going to be really struggling. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd much prefer if they played uh, a striker at front, but off the top of my head, I can't think of any other alternatives.
1: That's Liam Cullen, but again, he's is it, is it a, a young player who I've not seen play for a while, so I might be completely wrong there. But you've got Conor Huruhen as well. Um, and Jan Dander, we know he can, he can provide. So... They they have They midfielders though, aren't they? Yeah, this current Conor Huron scores goals. He's he's proved that over since he's joined Swansea. Um so, so are you
0: saying go with a false nine?
1: No, I'm not saying go with a false nine, but uh, you know, Swansea don't play with natural strikers. is not a natural number nine, neither is Jamal Lowe, neither is Morgan Whitaker. They play as auxiliary strikers, auxiliary wingers. They float around spaces. that leaves space in for midfield runs from deep. Um And as I said, Conor Hurahane's goal against Luton showcased that that ability plenty. Um, And they're not going to rely on one player, as a lot of teams have. So for me, I don't think it's necessarily massively important that Andre Ayou might be missing because they've got goals in the team elsewhere.
0: I'm not sure I agree with that, but nonetheless, we shall move on Uh, from a Birmingham perspective. We're still waiting to see if their new manager bounce is actually a thing because, of they, of course, they got a bit of a humbling against Watford uh, just before the international break. So this will be an interesting game from their perspective. I'm not sure it's necessarily must win because a point would definitely be a good result, at least, wouldn't it?
1: I just, for Birmingham City, they need, they need a bit of momentum now to gather. And I think if it doesn't happen in the Swansea game, I think even a draw would be... Would be fine because they've come up against a top a top six team and they've got a result. It's something for Lee Bowie to build on. But as I say, for me, this this team needs, needs consistency, momentum. We saw such a contrast in in performances for Birmingham City under Lee Bowie so far. We had an organised, disciplined, hard working performance against Reading. They got the win, and then it was back to calamity, wasteful um, performances against uh, performance against Watford. So there's there's such a two contrasting things. So if they're going to build a bit of momentum, it has to start as early as possible because I've said it all along Rotherham for me are the team that are going to get out so it's between Birmingham and Derby and
0: Coventry
1: I'm more confident in Coventry as well in staying up
0: you've got a lot more confidence in Rotherham than I have put it that way (laughs) Um, but I think Birmingham will definitely go into this game thinking they can get something because of Swansea's form and defensively they've been poor recently as well they've only got two clean sheets from the last nine games so they'll know that Swansea can be got at they are not been great going forwards either recently admittedly Birmingham have been a bit of a shambles at the back all season but Lee Bowyer will say to his players we can definitely get something from this game there's nothing to fear as well Um, Justin let's have a break after that we shall talk about games for Watford Cardiff and Bournemouth I tell you what, there's nothing I love more than a classic football shirt. I've got loads of them. A Juventus shirt, Marseille shirt, even an Antalya Sport shirt. One of the reasons I've got so many is because I can get them for a great price from ClassicFootballShirts.co.uk. They've got shirts for teams from all over the globe and that, of course, includes championship clubs. So if you wanted a classic Wednesday shirt, Reading shirt or Barnsley shirt, whoever you support, they'll have something for your club. It's not just shirts either. They've also got track suits, baseball caps, socks, so much stuff. Have a look for yourself. Go to ClassicFootballShirts.co.uk right now. Welcome back to the second tier podcast. So the next game, that is, well, another... Cracker at both ends of the table in the Championship this Good Friday, Justin, is Watford and Wednesday. Watford, obviously clear favourites going into this game, but Wednesday will take encouragement from recent performances under Darren Moore, including that brilliant win against Barnsley. So, Wednesday have got a bit of momentum heading into this game.
1: There's a little bit, yeah. As you say, on paper, I think it's a very kind fixture for Watford, but considering the uplifting performances under Darren Moore, I don't think it's as comfortable as as it would have been. A few weeks before the international break, mm. saying that Watford have, have scored the most home goals this season, and Wednesday have uh, conceded the, the third most away goals this season. So it's either going to be a lot of goals for Watford, um, or it's going to be or or Wednesday are going to drag them down to their level. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. They're battling relegation. There's got to be a level there, um, and it's going to be a scrappy game in the end. But yeah, it's. I can only see it going one way, though. That's the thing.
0: Yeah, Watford's home form is just so good, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So, obviously, it'll be a, a Wednesday. I've only got an outside chance, but it's a chance nonetheless, because they're not going down without a fight, are they? If I could personify Wednesday's survival bit, it would be Tom Hanks at the end of Saving Private Ryan, where he's lying there with a gun shooting the oncoming nazis that's that's wednesday's chances right now that's how that's how, that's how i see them in a person form um but if you were Darren moore heading into this game would you be thinking about parking the proverbial bus
1: spoiler alert there for for listeners by the way if you haven't seen saving private ryan we apologize for that Spo- um,
0: it came out 30 <laughs> years ago <laughs>
1: doesn't matter doesn't matter still a spoiler alert um, parking the bus yes uh i'd like to think so i don't think they're good enough though i think if 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 ever a game was going to be a free hit it would be this one so why not showcase what you you can do not only as a coach for Darren Moore but what you can get out of the players as well um uh, you know Watford are very very effective in wide areas so I think there's opportunities. You know, they, they commit their fullbacks forward or wingbacks, whichever your terminology is your favourite. Um, they they commit them forward and high up the pitch. So there's space there for 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 Wednesday's wide players again to to exploit. It's just about getting the belief into them because they've got ability in the squad. They they're not a bottom three team for me on in terms of individuals, but it's just it hasn't worked out. And you know this game will be a good test for Darren Moore.
0: Yeah, it is a fair point. And as you say, I suppose it is kind of a free hit. But at the same time, I do look at this and think maybe if Wednesday are to have any chance of staying up, then they've still, they've still got to start getting three points on the board. Obviously, Barnsley was um, a good way of going about it. But it's getting to that stage of the season where draws aren't enough. So they've got to start finding some wins from somewhere. Maybe this is one where we can let them off and say, OK, maybe you're not going to get a win here, but <laughs> remains to be seen. Watford are waiting to see if Ishmael Assar is going to be fit enough to play. Obviously an important player for Watford, but they showed against Birmingham a couple of weeks ago that they're more than capable of getting results without him.
1: They are capable of getting results without him. We've seen Ken Seema step up, Jao Pedro has played out wide, Zin can step in and, and, and he's proved that he can be creative from a from a central position, not necessarily a wide position, which is his, his natural his natural position. Um, so there, there there's a lot of options there for Watford and as I mentioned earlier, they've they're very good um they have very good attacking fullbacks in in Firmenia and and Adam Messina. So they've got options in terms of how they get the ball in the box. Um, it's just getting on the end of end of the crosses. They are a side steeped in quality, so I don't think missing Sar is necessarily the end of the world.
0: No. And Jean-Pedro did a fairly good job in his place on the wing. Isaac's success started up top. We haven't seen much of him this season, which makes me question whether Andre Gray might be given a start, scored after coming off the bench against Birmingham. Would you fancy a bit more Gray? Because he seems a bit more confident now than he did earlier in the season, doesn't he?
1: I think most goal scorers are confident players, and Gray is such a raw, uh, direct striker. Um you know he's not always the most composed so him getting a couple of goals is going to do in the world are good and you know we've criticized him and quite rightly so he's been poor um but he's he has stepped up to the plate and as you say he got his goal against against Birmingham as well so i would fancy him to start actually especially against this Wednesday team we know he's he, we know he's he's quick and we know he's good in the box so there's going to be plenty of opportunities there to to overturn Wednesday
0: yeah i suppose he's a bit of a confidence player isn't he and when he has got a bit of confidence on his side then you can see how much of a player he really is because he is a talented player i don't think there's any denying that he has just been bereft of confidence now for a good couple of years uh, cardiff v forest is also an interesting game two teams on the periphery of their respective battles cardiff for the playoffs and forest fighting to stay up it's also mccarthy versus hewton Ali versus frazier doesn't compare to those two however I can't guarantee it's going to be a great game with those two in charge. They're two gaffers who are very much valuing results over style of play, aren't they?
1: It's this. It's a very intriguing game, and it comes across as a bit of a chess match. Um, and as you say, they've both got their own battles going on. Neither team enjoys keeping the ball, so I think whatever team has the most, whichever team has the most possession, they'll be the losers because we've seen Cardiff win. With twenty-three, they battered Derby 4-0 and they had twenty-three percent of the ball. Forest, as we know, if they have to dominate the ball, they're even worse when they are, <laughs> when they don't have the ball. So, you know, it's the, it's the, for me, it's the quality of the individuals that are going to win this game. And Cardiff have more; they have better ability in individuals. Um, you know, the likes of Harry Wilson, Ojo, Murphy. There's a lot of there's a lot of quality going forward for Cardiff that will pip Forest for me. But yeah, it's a bit of a chess match this one.
0: I suppose from a Cardiff perspective, when you know two of the teams occupying the playoffs right now are playing each other, then you go into this game thinking it's must win. Would you say that's the case?
1: I think Mick McCarthy will look at it like that. He's an experienced manager and I always like to think that managers plan their games and and you know get into the players at certain times, at the right times, uh, and this is the right time to do it for Cardiff. It's, as you say, you've got Bournemouth and... Borough going ahead to head and Barnsley and Reading as well. They take points of each other. It's, it's a good opportunity for Cardiff to sneak in.
0: Massive opportunity. Massive, massive opportunity, especially against the Forest side who haven't been in great shakes recently. Uh, just before we touch on Forest... Uh, Just before the international break, Tom from View from the Ninny and the Cardiff podcast was expressing concerns about Kiefer Moore's fitness because he's played so much recently. But he's had a little break during the internationals. He came off the bench in both games that Wales had, but only played 40 minutes across both of them. So I'd say that's a good thing. Would you agree?
1: 40 minutes across what a week two weeks of of football yeah it's it's a good thing and you know he had his hamstring injury earlier on in the season and it's not a nice injury to have especially when you've got game after game so him getting you know in in inverted commas a bit of a rest um is 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 a positive because he goes back to Cardiff absolutely buzzing I imagine
0: and he's a bloody good player isn't he he's so important to um Cardiff going forwards because they they haven't been fantastic going forwards but you could say Kiefer Moore has been one of the best strikers in the championship this season. You could maybe even make a case for him being the best striker in the championship this season. Um, So him having a bit of a rest after playing so much football recently I think is going to be really important for Cardiff and their playoff hopes. Um, We keep saying we'll be surprised if Forrest go down, Justin, but they're six games without a win and if that continues then they're going to be in a bit of a pickle aren't they so they'll be looking to get something at at least a point from this game
1: yeah they're, they're doing their very best to convince us that they're not out of it yet and they're not <laughs> out of it yet you, you until, until you're mathematically safe you're not safe that's that's my that's my view and i'm sure it's the view of many many other people you know you never get of yourself especially if you're a fan of a midlands based club um but that's that's just my point of view. They're they're winning this in six. Um, They've only scored three in that time. Cardiff are very organised defensively, as we know. Um, They've not got strikers that are in form, although Lyle Taylor bagged a couple while on international duty with Montserrat. So that's that's a positive because they've got a striker who has scored goals in the last two weeks.
0: You say you're never safe until you're mathematically safe. I mean, you've still got a lot of championship teams then who could still go down.
1: Based, based purely on their the way they run, yes, administration is always on the cards.
0: Wow. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm looking at Millwall; they're not mathematically safe. Even Middlesbrough aren't mathematically safe. Exactly. So you can't. Should, should we be concerned? Or
1: anything can happen. Anything. <laughs> let's not rule this out.
0: I, I, I'm not sure. I, I I'll uh, agree with that. But there you go. Uh, speaking of Middlesbrough, let's move on to their game against Bournemouth. Similar premise to Cardiff, really. For the Cherries, it's a fantastic chance for them to make ground on Barnsley or Reading, depending on who wins out of these two games. Uh, Jonathan Woodgate's first game as well since uh, leaving Borough, um, since that dumpster fire of a season from last year. And I think from a Bournemouth perspective, it's hard to know. Where they are, because the last time we saw them in Championship Action was against Swansea when they battered them 3-0. But then they were in the FA Cup after that against Southampton and kind of rolled over. And Mm -hmm. then before that, they were struggling. So it's really quite hard to predict how Bournemouth are going to go in this game. Uh,
1: Again, they've had a couple of weeks with Woodgate to find some level. Um, I've given Woodgate the benefit of the doubt. So this two weeks for me, if they can't get going, then clearly he's not the right man. Um, if they regress, then whatever's been left over of Eddie Howe and Jason Tindall's got them through that time under, under Woodgate. Um, and I think Woodgate will, will view this game as a, as a massive must-win, not only because he's coming up against Borough. You know, they're a team that, that sacked him, and, and we know he has a lot of belief in his own ability. Um, so, And as well as that, they have to win because they have to stay within reach of, of Reading in sixth place. It's, it is... An absolute must-win for Bournemouth, and as you say, I think if they do lose, it puts the pressure on Woodgate and, and Bournemouth. And also, Bo- Bournemouth's accounts came out, and it does not look it does not look good. So promotion almost has to be a must; otherwise, they're going to lose pretty much all of their top talent.
0: Well, it's interesting you say that because that's coming up in the news in just a sec. So you're getting ahead of yourself there, Justin. Um, and <laughs> going back to what you're saying about the international break, Jonathan Woodgate's actually. Um, and Neil Warnock for that matter, have both been complaining about the short break that's been between playing games on Good Friday and because some teams are playing or have played on Wednesday night. So for that, there's a bit of concern there. There's also concern because David Brooks, Junior Stanislas, they're both missing from this game. So I think Rodrigo Raquelme is going to have to fill in. He hasn't played much this season as well. So there are a few concerns from a Bournemouth perspective on who is going to play. And it's not ideal missing a player as good as Brooks and Junior Stanislas has been one of Bournemouth's best players going forwards this season, so that's a big disappointment for them as well. Um Middlesbrough can't rule out their playoff chances yet, Camry, but I think if they lose here then that's about it for them, isn't it?
1: Yeah, as we mentioned, they're not mathematically safe either. So it's it's certainly a must win <laughs> game for them. Um but yeah, you know, if we're looking up, it, it is playoffs and they, they are still within a whiff of a chance of, of getting into them. But the consistency has to start now. As I said at the start, you know, it's, there's a lot of teams that are gonna go again. Um and for me, if Borough, you know, one of the issues they've had all season is not putting away chances if they're gonna do it. Now's the time to start because if they can build a bit of momentum, then the teams above them will get, they'll feel the pressure. They might start to stumble and next next thing you know, Borough is safe and maybe even in the playoffs.
0: I hope Neil Warnock is happy with safety after the season. He's had. <laughs> and Justin, let's finish off with a bit of Championship news. Not too much that's been happening during the international break, but we've had a few little bits and pieces. Huddersfield have signed former Everton striker Umar Nias. We had a chat about this, didn't we? And thought it was actually a, a decent move.
1: What do you think? It's surprising that no other team has gone to pick him up. When you like, when you look at the likes of. Birmingham City Wednesday Derby they've all struggled for goals and for me Nias is a player that was fairly underrated at Everton I I, I saw a guy I saw one of the replies um from one of the Twitter accounts he said he was the best and worst player he's seen at Everton which tells you how and there's a lot of players that like I like that that are a lot at a lot of clubs so um but for me I think the championships will be a good level for him he's an experienced player as well I think it's a tidy signing
0: Yeah, well, he had a couple of loan spells at Cardiff and somewhere else. I can't remember where else, but that didn't really work out for him either. I remember Mm. him having a bit of a green patch at Everton after two years at the club. Um, But apart from that, we haven't really seen much from him. But, I mean, he cost Everton £11 million. So there must be a player there and Huddersfield... I'm not saying he's going to score millions of goals for Huddersfield and keep them up this season single-handedly, but it could be a decent bit of business considering he's a free agent and hopefully gets a bit of fit- fitness as well. I know he's been playing for the under-23s, so he should be ready to go as soon as possible for Huddersfield. Uh, Danny Simpson, he's joined Bristol City until the end of the season, of course, reunited with Nigel Pearson, getting the band from Leicester back together. Um what, what do you think of that move? Is it just kind of a ha, have a few games here and then you might get a deal next season as well?
1: Pretty much, I can almost uh, if Pearson gets a job um, full time after the, I say full time on a on a longer term contract. There's there's Matt James who will be available at the end of the season. Andy King's been playing over in Belgium. I'm sure I'm mm. sure there'll be a call to him as well. Yeah, I know, I know we say getting the band back together quite a lot because yeah, it's a bit of a joke, but. I don't think it is a joke. I think it might be happening.
0: (laughs) Robert Hoof getting back in. Drink water. I don't know what he's doing nowadays. Um, Vardy, maybe. (laughs) Maybe that one's a bit optimistic. uh, Dave
1: Dave Nugent as well. Why not?
0: (laughs) Dave Nugent. Okazaki. (laughs) Who knows? Um, It's now been confirmed. Norwich defender Ben Gibson is out for the rest of the season with an ankle injury. If Norwich's promotion... Push was still in question, then maybe we'd be a bit concerned, but I don't think there's too much to be concerned about unless everything really goes wrong for Norwich for uh, the remainder of the season. I suppose the question is how is it going to impact them in the Premier League next season if he is out for a long time? Uh, Bournemouth have recorded pre tax losses of more than 60 million pounds for the year ending June 2020. Now, I get what you were saying just a second ago, Justin, but on the face of it, it might not be as alarming as that initially sounds, because it is worth pointing out that doesn't include the players they sold in the last transfer window, so the likes of Ake, Ramsdale, and Wilson. Um, but you do make a fair point. If they don't go up this summer, could they have to sell some of their star players?
1: Players will be they'll be looking at not necessarily looking to leave, but they'll be look. You know, it hasn't worked out this season. Um, I'm in a position like Dominic Solanke played for England two years ago, two two and a half years ago. So we we'll would be thinking, if he gets back into the Premier League, he's back in the reckoning. There's Jefferson Lerma, who, for me, is a very, very good midfielder. There's there's players like that who will want to be playing top-flight football, and if Bournemouth get a good bid for them, they will accept. And their business last last summer wasn't too much going on. I imagine it's because they forecasted for these losses. So it's I wouldn't say it's a massive worry, but they're also not a club that has a, a massive following in terms of Fans coming into the ground. It's not. It's not a big stadium down there, so that that financial aspect doesn't support them as much either. So, you know, not being promoted this season will have a larger impact on the long term than them missing out because players will go, losses will increase. So yeah,
0: yeah. Well, I I suppose the other side of that coin is if anyone's going to take them because Bournemouth are going to ask for decent fees for all these players the likes of Brooks Cook they know they can get a decent fee for them Um, so whether clubs are willing to pay that much I know they were asking for what £50 million for Brooks last summer weren't they? So they've still got every right to be asking for big chunky transfer fees for these players but at the same time if they are you know burning money um, then they're going to have to make the money somewhere so We'll have to wait and see. And final bit of news, Justin. No new cases of coronavirus were recorded in the EFL last week. That's good, isn't
1: it? It's it's very good news. Um, I, I'm very pleased with that. I'm trying to think of words to make this uh, little bit of segment a bit more interesting, but I can't. So two thumbs up from me.
0: There you go. As long as it's got two thumbs up from Justin, then that's good news. But I suppose it is a sign that we are coming to the end of this pandemic, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, at- just-
1: Let's not get ahead of ourselves, come on, I'm a superstitious person, we're not there yet. Superstitious? Yeah, I don't like chanting fate. so let's be very cautious with our wording here, let's be very cautious.
0: I I thought you were getting superstitious mixed up with pessimistic.
1: (laughs) I'm also that as well, so again,
0: please... (laughs) I'm very optimistic and I'm still looking forward to the idea of having fans back in stadiums in just a month and a half, which is a bit of a weird thought now that I say it out loud. Um, Well, that's just about it for us here on the second tier. Thank you for listening wherever you are in the world. Obviously, we have got fixtures coming up on Friday and Monday. So that that means we have had to fiddle around with the second tier schedule a bit. So we have got an episode coming up on Saturday instead of Sunday so we can review Uh, The game's on Good Friday, and then there's also a game on Saturday as well. And then our next episode after that will be on Wednesday because we've got a game coming up on the Monday, and there's also a couple of games on the Tuesday as well. So, all very confusing. We're basically just moving our schedule a day earlier. So, just remember it like that, and you'll be absolutely fine. But yeah, that's just about it for us on the second tier. Make sure your Good Friday is a great Friday. And yeah, this has been the Second Tier Podcast. We'll be back again on Saturday which is something I never want to hear myself say ever again. I've been Ryan Dilks. I've
1: been Justin Peach.
0: Thank you for listening.